Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. My name is Daniel Bennett, and joining me today are Art Georges, pastor of Living Hope Community Church in Rich Burkle, pastor of Bethany Baptist Church, and we are talking about the family. We're talking about God's design for the family, and we're talking uh, specifically today about the role of a husband. And as we talk about that, we're really talking about something that each of us has, has nailed pretty well. Uh, as I look around the room here, and this is something that we're going to be able to use our collective missteps, I think, and and talk a little bit about uh, together. But what what I wanted just to do to kind of shape this conversation over the next twenty minutes or so is is talk a little bit about what are the things that that God has called a, a husband to do. We, we think about Ephesians five and where Paul says just very very explicitly, husbands love your wives. So we, we know that's what we're supposed to do, but but sometimes it could be a struggle to know how to love our wives. What is what does loving our wives look like in a very practical sense? What are the things that God has called us to do as husbands that demonstrate that that love for our wives our wives? So uh, Art, what, what do you think what are some what are some ways that we as husbands, what's our role in loving our wives? Mm. Well I think Ephesians chapter 5 sort of sets the bar for us when it uh, it tells us that we are to basically sacrifice for them. Uh, we are to love them in a way that's sacrificial, just as Christ loved his bride, the church, and gave himself for her. So also the husbands ought, verse 28 of Ephesians 5, also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. And so uh, we are called to um, to understand our wives and their needs um, and to place those as uh, very important in the relationship so that we are sacrificing that they would uh, know and, be, and, and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and, uh, and, and in their role within the family as well. Yeah, I love the passages of Scripture that make this uh, – this role for husbands so very clear. Now there, there are a lot of applications behind this, but but these words that that uh, uh, God uses in passages like Ephesians and Colossians and First Peter and and elsewhere um, are are words that are are very challenging to our selfish nature, um, and they point us back to Christ and to His selflessness and and His. Mm-hmm. His uh, serving us by taking on human flesh and then dying on the cross in our place, and and uh, so Christ becomes the example for husbands of what our role is. Uh, Christ's relationship with the church is is the model whereby husbands uh, look to find out what am I supposed to be to my wife, mm. and uh, so loving loving our wives as uh, Art uh, mentioned means that we sacrifice ourselves and. And that's big in small ways. It has some, that has something to do every day of our lives, from the moment we rise up in the morning to the moment we we go to bed at night. And we'll be talking about some of those things of sacrifices. But but it's interesting to me too. A couple other observations about that passage in Ephesians five. Um, 
Paul takes us back to that Genesis passage, passage again. He says uh, a man is going to leave his father and mother, and he's going to hold fast to his wife. So in whatever that role is for us to love our wives, it means we leave father and mother. We leave something. We leave some relationships in terms of their priority, and it means that we hold fast. It means we make that relationship a priority in our lives. And then uh, the other observation, the last one I'll make here on this passage is <clears throat> as, it, as uh, Paul enters into this idea of what Christ does for the church, he says uh, he gave himself up for that he might sanctify her through the washing of the water with the word. And that really clearly talks about Christ, but it's in the context of the, what the husband is to be for the, for the wife, that, that our wife's sanctification is a responsibility we take on. Now, that doesn't relieve the wife of her own sanctification, responsibility for that. Uh, but on the Day of Judgment, I, I, I believe it's, it, it's uh, inferring that husbands will have a responsibility for their wife's mm-hmm. Christ-likeness by, by leading them in a way <laughs> that, is, that is moving them toward grace and moving them toward, toward uh, God. And, and, of course, the Word is central to that. So washing them with the water of the word. So those are some things that are very explicit mm-hmm. about what it means to love yeah. our wife. And and within that, uh, it, it implies teaching then, right? Nourishing her by teaching her the word of God. Kind of a sweet, funny story to me was when we left Bethany Baptist to go to seminary, we left Rich's teaching, and now we're in seminary, and I'm learning and thinking great thoughts that had never been thought before, and I decided to run one of them past Mary Beth, and she looked at me and she said, I don't think Rich ever taught us that. And I said, well, when do I get to be your pastor? And she said, well, when you teach me biblical things. <laughs> and I think that's a great challenge to a husband to to say, hey, I'm being held to a high standard not only by God but by my wife, and I need to know the Word of God, and I need to be able to nurture her according to it. Uh, so as we think about loving our wives, how do we do that? I've, I've kind of heard at least three big areas. Uh, Art mentioned sacrificing. Uh, Rich, you mentioned uh, cleaving. Uh, you also mentioned sanctifying. We've talked a little bit about that. But l- let me go a little bit more into that second characteristic that Rich touched upon. What does it What does it look like for us to be devoted to our wives? What does it look to be look like to be a, a one woman man, as, as Paul describes it? in uh, talking to, to Timothy about the qualifications of an elder in, in Titus. What does it look like for us to to cleave to our wives? I think that's a huge part of the role of a husband, and a wife needs to feel that, that her husband is uniquely hers. And, and what does that look like, and how do we uh, run the risk of, of failing in that role? Well, when, when other people or other priorities move our wives out of uh, that, uh, I'll say, central or priority focus of our energies and and of our love. So so it can be another person. It could be um, another woman that begins to take attention away from our wives. And it could be images of another woman. It could be images. Um, it could be another guy, just in terms of I really like hanging out with this guy. Uh, I like hunting, golfing, playing tennis, whatever else uh, we mm-hmm. might do. And, and so our, our group of guys can take us away from, from a first priority. And, and uh, um, so, you, you know, you, you hear of, uh, you know, football widows or hunting widows where during certain seasons their husband's just not available to them because 
some other hobby, some other activity has uh, taken priority. Um, and it could be another thing like um, a career, a business uh, that that now, uh, you know, the, the husband says, I'm showing I love you by providing for you. <laughs> and the wife is thinking, that's not what's important to mm-hmm. me. I don't need mm-hmm. all these things. I need you. Mm-hmm. And so – uh, you know that those wedding vows uh, that are traditional are, are so powerful, um, and and part of those wedding vows says forsaking all others for you alone. You know, mm-hmm. forsaking all others. It's a it's a conscious action um, that mm-hmm. we're we're not going to allow something else to enter in. We're going to forsake it. We're going to turn away from it actively, even though perhaps naturally in life we we may be intrigued by. Something else. We're not going to let our our passions go there. So let's let's talk a little bit more then about about providing. Art, you mentioned the spiritual nourishment that we're to provide for our wives, and and maybe you could elaborate a little bit. What what does it look like for a husband to fulfill that role of shepherding his wife in that area, and then also physical provision? What how does a husband have a responsibility to provide for his wife both spiritually and physically? Yeah, uh, spiritually. I think um, we often think of devotions and, and those type of uh, encounters that we have at a family level or husband and wife, um, and, and those are good. But more importantly, it is sort of a Deuteronomy 6 thing where you're talking and applying the things of the Lord to the events of the day, to uh, what's happening in our lives, helping her to understand God's plan and purpose uh, on a day-to-day basis as uh, as as we go through uh, this fallen world and experience hurt, uh, experience joys, experience hope, uh, how does that connect to God's plan for us? And I think the husband's spiritual role is to always point things back to God, always point things back to our relationship with Jesus Christ as his ambassadors, not only to present Christ to our children, but to present Christ through our words and actions in the world that we're Part of, yeah, and, and maybe as a caution here with this as well, um, the the analogy of Christ and the church and the husband and the wife doesn't walk on every leg. In other words, Christ is far superior to the mm. church, right? Um, so, so if we go in with the view, of, Under, uh, I, I'm going to mark the tape here. Like, understatement of of all. <laughs> All revive the drives ever. <laughs> Christ is far superior. Can we agree? Yeah, and that that does not flow to this analogy. <laughs> husband versus wife, right? Yeah. So um, you know, and and oftentimes a husband, when they begin to grab hold of this role, and maybe in some even church cultures, it's easy for that to be communicated along with the responsibility to teach or to bring the word, to wash with the water of the word. And uh, so we we don't want to to take this role with a view that we're the reason why we're teaching is that we're superior or the right. reason why and even I, I like the word that that Paul uses he washes with the water of the word he doesn't even necessarily say teach but he says washes with the water of the word well let, let me let me go ahead and, and uh, go into this this next area because you're touching on it, Rich and it's something I really want to cover because I think this is so this is so crucial in our culture because on on one extreme you have people who would argue, Christians who would argue, you know, there's no distinction in roles based upon gender in a marriage relationship. Uh, Some husbands are this way, some husbands are that way, and really the roles in a marriage are kind of determined by your strengths, your individual strengths. 
But what we've suggested is that that's that's not the case. There are distinct roles. You know, by having one session on the role of a husband and another session on the role of a wife, we're we're implying we're we're stating that there are distinct roles between husbands and wives based upon uh, genders. But then there's also an extreme that um, we'll talk about this here is that um, that does tend to overemphasize one aspect of a husband's role. Mm-hmm. So, for example. Uh, we're talking now. Let's talk a little bit about the the role of a husband in loving his wife by by leading. You know, we believe that God has given a husband leadership. But earlier we talked about sacrifice and the role of sacrifice in this. And I think this is. I think you have to understand sacrifice before you can understand leadership. Uh, Jesus mm-hmm. would say in Matthew twenty, uh, he says, "You know, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you." Okay, so the great ones, what do they do? They exercise authority. It shall not be so among you. So that that type of of authority is, is a different type than the type that Gentiles have. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And then again, our model of Christ, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How does that help us understand? Because again, I go back to Genesis two versus Genesis three. It seems like many. Husbands, as they think about their role as a husband, look to the leadership described in Genesis three uh, mm-hmm. a- after the fall. Mm-hmm. He will rule over you; like it won't be a very he was going to kind of crush you, oppress you. And they kind of look at that as their model of leadership, as opposed to Ephesians five, Matthew mm-hmm. twenty. What do you guys think about that as an understanding of how does that help us understand our leadership? Well, if we go back to the original design in Genesis chapter two, <clears throat> we learn that God gives a man a wife who is a helper suitable, helper not being derogatory. God has called our helper at times. And and so uh, we as husbands fail when we fail to lead our wives by listening to them, allowing them and their voice, their wisdom. They should be considered our best and, and greatest counselor alongside of us because our role as a husband-wife is to fulfill God's plan and purpose for us. And so God's given us this uh, this suitable helper corresponding us. So I believe that um, one of the ways that we love our wives is by esteeming them in decision-making processes. And I believe that you'll find in any study of corporate leadership, uh, uh, superior corporate leadership, you have a servant, humble servant at the helm who uh, looks to the team to, um, to to accomplish the goals. And, and God has given us this woman uh, who we do well to cultivate their wisdom through the Word and then to listen and uh, encourage them that they are part of us. Yeah, Daniel, you, you've uh, outlined as well three uh, ways of considering family relationships, the uh, role of the husband and wife in marriage. Two of them are outside of uh, biblical teaching, and one of them is is what we're what we're presenting here and trying to describe. Um, you know, Satan he's so wily, isn't he? He he loves to take the truth and bend it. And uh, you know, s- someone has said that that we can fall at an infinite number of angles, but we can only stand up straight at one. <laughs> And so the truth is always going to stand up straight at one angle. It's the perpendicular. It's the ninety degree. But there's an infinite number of of mutations of that truth that that uh, um, could bend it away from 
that which God intends. And, and you've described two of them that are probably most dominant. And again, Satan's such a deceiver. He loves to take one lie and use it to give strength to another lie. So we have the one lie that there are no distinctions, distinctives between men and women. It's a lie that attacks the, the very f- fundamental foundation of God's design and creation and even an expression of his own person as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so there's those who live underneath that lie, and they experience the tragedy of that lie, and they come to Christ, and then they hear teaching about how that lie is not true, and then they uh, move to a, a sort of a super-dominant view of male leadership. And they're really susceptible to receiving that lie because they lived underneath uh, in a world in which there were no, there was no uh, leadership um, call upon men. Well, then you you have others that are raised in the super dominant world of of male leadership, and uh, they experience the the hardship and and death and and damage of that world and and so when they realize that this is not what God intends it's so easy for them to go and swing swing back into this other lie of of no uh, role distinctions whatsoever and and so what you know the Christians role is to always not look at culture or look at our experience to discern what is right and good and true for us but but to truly look with as unfiltered of eyes we possibly can not allowing our emotions to get in the way of what does the Bible say mm-hmm. about marriage. And and there are many different applications. So my home probably doesn't look like your home, Daniel, or your home art in terms of the way we interact. And yet it does look a lot like it. Right. You know, there's some, there's some biblical qualities that would say that these homes are very, very similar, even though the personalities and maybe the way they communicate and interact are quite different as a result of, of the dis- – just the individual differences between us as, as three guys here. Mm-hmm. One of our wives is a lot more happy than the no. <laughs> so, Thank you, Dale. <laughs> Kimberly appreciates Kimberly that, right? appreciates that compliment. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so in, in all seriousness, what are some signs that that a husband has has really got his head backward on what leadership looks like? I mean, obviously, if you're if you think you're a CEO, a gen, you know, kind of a Gentile leader, that's wrong. But what are some manifestations of this? You know, what what are some lines that a husband sometimes crosses in the evangelical world that we say, you know, boy, that is a really unhealthy way to exercise what's supposed to be sacrificial leadership. Well, I can think of one. I'm not sure if this is what you're thinking about, but uh, just a stifling of. Um, the sense that the wife feels like she is useful to the Lord. Mm. Uh, she's not being um, active in any of the decisions. She's simply dictated to. She um, she's not being developed for the glory of the Lord. So a wife that a wife that isn't uh, actively engaged in using her gifts and feeling that not not just feeling but but uh, having a sense of of her own. Uh, abilities and, and maximizing those and, and comfort—that's that's a that's a sign that you're not yeah, exercising yeah. your leadership. Yeah, yeah and, and along with that, I would just say the word fear. You know, if if a wife is fearful, mm. um, fearful of approaching her husband, fearful of what she might be doing that's not pleasing to her husband, uh, fearful of stepping outside of what she perceives her bounds, uh, you know, perfect love casts out fear. 
and and that is a huge indication that there's something wrong at the root of the leadership of of the husband uh, when we have our wife fearful of us. You know, I would hope that my wife Kimberly would not be fearful of me uh, for anything. Uh, and and if she is, I, I, it caused me to think, well, what have I done to create right. an environment mm-hmm. where she thinks that there's going to be something painful happen to her as a result of how she's reacting to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, so anyway, I, I, I think fear and, and arts uh, arts expression of kind of the shrinking of a personality, a shrinking of a of a person, you know, in their in their engagement in the world, in their engagement with family, in their engagement really even with themselves. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, if, if a wife has a sense that she's serving more than her husband is serving her, she's not being served as much as she, she's serving, I think there's mm-hmm. out of whack with what biblical servant leadership looks like. I think, too, just real quickly here, uh, of, of how husbands, many husbands have the expectation that their wife figure them out and what their needs are. And there's a harshness to that. Mm-hmm. When First Peter 3, 7 is, is very clear that the, the onus is on the husband— Husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor. There, the the impetus is on the, the the onus is on the husband to if there's a a breach in relationship, if there's a, a lack of understanding that's taking place in that marriage relationship, the problem isn't the instruction isn't for the wife to figure out what her husband wants. The responsibility is the husband to figure out. Hey, when we're talking and we're saying the the, the same words, meaning different things, it's my responsibility to, to figure her out and. One last verse, Colossians uh, 3.19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Mm. And I think that so many times as, as we think about husbands who aren't exercising godly leadership, I, you see harshness. Their, their relationship with their wife isn't defined by gentleness. Boy, there's so much we could say about the role of a husband, and uh, hopefully this gets people thinking started. If, if you're having trouble in your marriage relationship, by the way, and in husbands, if you feel like you're failing in this, um, we, we'd love to talk to you. You know, the, the shepherds in your church would, would love to come alongside you and pray for you and give you some resources that could help you in your relationship uh, with, with your wife. It's a joy to be able to, to talk with you about family and marriage, and we hope this has been encouraging to you. Look forward to talking to you next time on Revive the Drive. Oh.